Hello and welcome to episode 87 of the Destroy the Brain podcast. I'm Andy Treffenbach. I am Roger Henderson. And today we are talking about, uh, you know, somebody's favorite movie. Who? Who could that be? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's Roger's favorite movie if you haven't figured it out. Uh, we are covering Lucio Fulci's Zombie, which is what we showed for Late Night Grindhouse this past month, uh, or this past weekend, really, if you're listening to this episode on Monday, the 17th, which, mind you, this Friday is Horror Trivia Night. Be sure to follow our social networks for all the clues, what we call dead giveaways, where we literally give you the question and the answer. These are freebies. You're getting 10 points a pop, uh, 100 points per round, and the event, if you don't know what I'm talking about, is Horror Trivia Night at the Heavy Anchor. And that starts at 8 p.m. on Friday, the 21st of October. Uh, Tickets are $10, so you still do have time to get them. And that $10 does cover your team. Up to five players per team. The event starts at 8 p.m. Usually lasts until 10.30 or 11. Sorry it's not short for those of you that want that. And there is one person who constantly comments that they want us to work faster. We want to make sure you get your money's worth. How about that? Okay. Anyway, this is the big one. Uh, so be sure to dress up in costume. If your whole team is in costume, you get 100 points. That's a whole round of correct answers, essentially. And, uh, you know, make sure your breath control is good. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> okay. Let's get into what we've been watching. Roger, what do you got? Um, I haven't been watching a whole lot lately. A lot of things have been going on, but one of my favorite releases this year has been um, the the 2010 movie All About Evil. I still have not seen this. So it it's directed by um, famed drag artist uh, Peaches, Peaches Christ, Christ, yeah, uh, starring Natasha Natasha Leone. Yeah, Natasha Leone. Natasha Leone. So Natasha plays this kind of mousy. I think she was a librarian at the beginning. Okay. Well, she inherits. Um, the movie theater her father used to run, uh-huh. and she's told by, I think it was her mother-in-law, that we're closing the theater. Okay. And we're just going to take the money, and that's that's what we're doing. Well, she didn't like this idea because her father loved the theater. Like, it was his life. So she ends up snapping and murdering the shit out of this woman. I mean, that as, sounds pretty reasonable. As me, you guys. do. <laughs> so she noticed, like, okay, the show's about to start. I need to go up and start the movie before I clean up this mess. Well, she accidentally starts playing the security footage of the murder. Oh, boy. And everyone in the theater kind of assumes, oh, well, this must be part of the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is fantastic. This, you know, looks real. Yeah. Well, she cleans up the murder, and everyone comes out, and everyone's raving about the little bit at the beginning, and she realizes that she can use this to her advantage. So she starts setting up these murder, elaborate murders okay. and showing them before the film, and she becomes this kind of... She gathers this cult following of of patrons, and the theater just explodes in oh, popularity. Shit. Okay. And so... Uh, <laughs> So she, like, the fame starts going to her head and everything, and it's just, it gets kind of wild. Did you watch this through the seven release? Through the seven release, yes. Okay. Um, basically, like, 
it's a low budget movie. Sure. With a ton of spirit behind it. Okay. So that totally makes up for the lack of budget. Right. Um really Peach's Christ kind of channels her inner um John Waters. Mm. It almost seems like a Baltimore region film, which it might have been. Okay. Not entirely sure about that. But Peach's Christ isn't from where, where is she from, Jesus? I want to say, like, I know she ran, like, kind of what I do from right. with Late Night Greenhouse would mm. do late night showings in California, but I also want to say Washington. Right. I don't know. But it has that John Waters feel to it. Sure. It almost feels like uh, Cecil B. Demented in a way. Oh, fuck. You're speaking my language. Right. So I, I had a blast with it. Yeah. So That's a movie that needs to come out on Blu-ray, Cecil B. Demented. Yeah, for sure. I know it's artisan, but there's definitely other artisan movies that have made it out. Um, now I'm going through the artisan entertainment <laughs> roster for no reason other than I like rabbit holes. Right. So uh, this one's, I, I want to say it's on Shudder. It is streaming. Yeah, it, 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 I think it premiered on Shudder on the same time it released on Blu-ray, oh, if not nice. shortly after. Okay. But... But it's good. Yeah, very good. Cool. It's it's a, a big plate of cheesy goodness, and I loved it. I was really interested to check out Natasha Leon because, I I mean, I'm sure... Have you seen But I'm a Cheerleader? No, I haven't. Okay, that's a good one. Um, other than that, though, I hadn't really seen her in anything other than, like, you know, Orange is the New Black. Right. And I really like her in Russian Doll. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of interested to go back into 2010, really. Yeah. Oh, wow. I'm like, that's like fucking yesterday. Right. <laughs> no, it's, it's 12 <laughs> years ago, Andy. Well, apparently like it had a, like an underground following for the longest time and Severin like fought really hard to try to get their hands on this movie. Oh, that's and eventually cool. did. And, and the release is fantastic. Like it's chock full of special yeah, c- goodies and everything. I can't remember who released it before, but I know it was... It was limited, mm. and quite honestly, like if I remember correctly, the poster art didn't really appeal to me. I'm right. like, oh, this looks really cheap. Yeah, I remember hearing like murmurings of it and seeing like still shots, like her, like the first murder. Yeah, like she's on top of this woman, and there's like a giant pool of blood underneath oh, them. I'm like, I gotta see this <laughs> <laughs> blood. Hell yeah, so much blood. Okay, so. cool. I checked out Werewolf by Night which is the Marvel Studios release that just got put on Disney+. Plus. Um, it was nice because it was Friday night, and we were, like, getting ready to turn in, but we didn't want to turn in, like, right now. I'm like, hey, this is a 55-minute movie. We'll probably be sleepy by then. Sure enough, we were. But, <laughs> um, yeah, this is an interesting movie, and I'm going to plead, like, please don't murder me because I'm a little ignorant on my Marvel Mm. characters. But from what I understand, I mean, man things in it. Right. That's cool. And, um, Gail Garcia Bernal, who plays Jack Russell, (laughs) get it? Mm. Um, who is obviously the werewolf. I, I mean, it's, it's funny because like I put on the other day, just while I was in the office, I put on, the beast must die. Mm-hmm. And 
I really like that movie. I know a lot of people are like, yeah, it's cheesy. I'm like, yeah, I know it's cheesy, but right. it's like got this gimmick and nostalgia to it. And yeah. Peter Cushing's in it. And really ties into the whole William yeah. Castle gimmicky. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I just think it's like this weird capture of like 70s uh, nostalgia. And then the werewolf breaks fun. Mm-hmm. But uh, with that said, I'm, I'm, it's kind of funny that I watched that before I watched Werewolf by Night because this is very similar not as gimmicky uh this is directed by and i'm gonna butcher his name michael giassano uh who is the guy who composed like lost and um i want to say rogue one and he's just mainly known for a composer so i think this is his directorial debut and he really does a great job it's mainly in black and white um and it's kind of filmed in you know, just like universal monsters, high contrast, mm. lots of shadows. Has, um, has that certain tinge of silver to it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it does get colorized towards the end. But um, for 55 minutes, this thing's pretty slick. And I'll be honest, it, it's a lot of fun to watch. Even though I don't know more Mar- Marvel characters, there could have been characters at the table that I'm not aware of like in the universe of MCU. I'm not caught up with that. I I have no fucking clue. So there's a plethora of possibilities. Yeah. And, and you know, Nikki was in the same boat and she didn't know anything. And I'm like, Oh, it's just like a universal monsters, black and white horror movie. And I do wish it had a little bit more horror to it, but um, the scenes when, you know, when you do get to the werewolf scenes, it's like, okay, this is kind of cool. And blood splatters on the camera. Of course, it's black and white, so it's not that gory. Right. But there's like a really cool tracking, not even a tracking shot. It's really just a dolly push in and all this mayhem's happening around it. Yeah. And it, I don't know, there's like a couple of really good set pieces, but it, I think the biggest takeaway with this movie is that it's very performance-driven, and I I feel like the performances are really what make this thing excel a little bit more. Even though it's only a 55-minute m- movie, it doesn't really wear out your rec- the welcome too fast and for a minute there I was like oh this is just like Marvel Studios Halloween special right um and they do make a big deal and they're like oh it's a special presentation but yeah no it's uh fun and if you have an hour to kill then I don't think this is like a bad thing to watch I mean granted I know October is very busy with everything not only your real life stuff but like all the shit they're putting out i mean just three things that were on the radar dropped on october 7th it's like hellraiser Mm -hmm. the midnight club and uh werewolf by night terrifier 2 2 for a little bit which you know will i go see it in the theater i don't know (laughs) But I surprisingly do hear that nobody's really complaining about the over two hour long runtime right. of Terrifier 2, which is good mm-hmm. because that's the first thing that popped out to me when I got the pre- I'm like, what? Right. 128 minutes? You gotta be fucking kidding me. But um, yeah, Werewolf by Night. Yeah. Well, and I don't like, I have like <laughs> severe like superhero fatigue. Like I bowed yeah. out of Marvel Universe after. Um, uh, Infinity War. Not even. I didn't even get. The I end haven't game. even gotten that far. But it, like that popped up. I'm like, oh, okay. That's, yeah. You know, 1970s comics. That's kind of when I was. You know, the the Marvel comics I would read. Right. Because like, 
when I was young, I was like a big fan of Bruce Lee and Kung Fu movies. And my uncle gave me a bunch of um, like Deadly Hands of Kung Fu. Oh, nice. And some like eerie comics and uh, yeah. Good some, job. you know, a few werewolf by nights. But, yeah. And I always enjoyed them. And that's pretty cool. They're pretty cool. I mean, from what I understand, I think there was two different human forms mm-hmm. of werewolf by night, but I could be completely mistaken. Um, I think Jack Russell is the main one because I always laugh at his right. name. I'm yeah. like, oh, I get it. Yeah. I get it. But is, yeah. Is he a real terror? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> good job. But yeah, no, I think, uh, I think it's a great Halloween watch. Um, and it's not, you know, what I will say that I appreciate about it. Um, and I know this is going to be a weird compliment is it's not overtly terrifying for like kids Mm -hmm. you know i can kind of see this maybe being some sort of weird gateway to horror or at least maybe even a weird gateway to like old black and white horror for you know kids that are just like yeah i'm playing in front of disney plus you know my parents gave me the remote (laughs) what is this a werewolf hell yeah (laughs) i think i i think it could be a nice little uh escort into that stuff so yeah Werewolf by Night. Check it out if you have Disney Plus. If not, but I don't know if it's ever coming. <laughs> you never know what these things. There's always piracy. Yeah. Uh, what, what else do you have? Um, let's see. This year, uh, MVD gave me a, a special treat. Okay. I finally got to upgrade one of my favorite vampire movies to Blu-ray. Oh, Vampire's Kiss? Vampire's yeah. Kiss from 1988, starring my boy, Nicolas Cage. Oh, so good. <laughs> so good. So Nicolas Cage is kind of uh, doing his Nicolas Cage-iness. Yeah, yeah. You know, very avant-garde acting, yeah. if you will. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what is, how does he say it? It's like... Uh, well, he's the Claus Kinsey, Kinsky yes, of California? Yes, like the shamanic... Uh, the oh, shit. I, no, I don't remember that. <laughs> he's got a whole philosophy yeah, of it. Yeah, he does have a whole philosophy. He kind of channels, you know, Eastern Kabuki in a way. Over the top. You know, but I find artistic merit in it. Yeah. So it's kind of like unironically enjoying this film. Sure. He plays, um, you know, this New York City business guy who's... Yes, you do. Kind of just on the verge of madness. Okay. And uh, he has an encounter, and he believes that he's being encountered with a woman, and he believes that he's being uh, transformed into a vampire. And this whole film, you don't really realize if he is or if he's just going crazy. Right. But it leans towards he's just going crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's like but that's why I, I always got confused as a kid. Like, is this a horror movie? Does this get limped into horror? And it's like, eh, I don't know. Well, my, I mean, my definition of horror, like, you don't have to be scary to be right, horror. Right. You just have to have certain themes and right. you know, play with some things. So, right, you know, because I'm not a big fan of like, well, that wasn't a horror movie because it mm-hmm. wasn't scary. I'm like, well, I don't really find a whole lot of horror movies to be scary. So to me, the genre wouldn't exist. Yeah. But it's like a, a descent into madness film, sure. And you know he's got the plastic vampire fangs going. It's so iconic. The the, the iconic scene of him walking down the road yeah. with the, the plank of wood. There's so many things in that movie that I'm like, <laughs> man, this is like I don't know if this is genius or just like, right? I I, I don't know. I I think it's genius. Just running down the street, just going, I'm a vampire. I'm, I'm a, a vampire. vampire. <laughs> 
I, I really need to buy this on Blu-ray. Yeah. It, is, it is a zany good time. I don't... What's the disc like? Like, is there extra features? Oh, I haven't actually dove into that yet. Oh, okay, okay. So you just checked out the movie. Yeah, I was just happy to have it on Blu-ray. It looks great. Okay. Um, was able to finally get rid of my... What was the du- dual disc of that movie? Love and, and I, First Bite. Uh, no, it was the I think it was the one with Jim Carrey. Once bitten. Once bitten. I believe. Okay. Okay. Not the biggest Jim Carrey fan. Oh, so wow. It was basically one of those things where like that that had second billing, but it was placed on the alphabetical shelf under right. Vampire's Kiss. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I I definitely want to pick that up. You know, MVD. Luckily, they'll. They'll have sales, right. especially yeah. around Black Friday. Yeah, because they so. usually put out like MVD titles and Unearth films. Yeah, which I'm, I'm a fan of those guys. I like what Unearth does. Yeah, um, most of the movies they put out are, I'll be quite honest, not my speed really. Right, yeah. But at least it's look. Here's the funny thing: is I own Red Sin Tower, which is. Um, the toe tag production mm. after August Underground. And like part of me, you know, I bought, I recently bought Martyrs on Blu ray. Right. Just because like I remember for a long time, it was so hard to get on Blu ray mm. uncut. And I decided, oh, I want this in my collection because somebody will want to watch it. Or, you know, right. if, if somebody like asked me, what's the most extreme movie you've seen? Yeah. I'd be like, well, <laughs> here are some, yeah. you know. Um, but I'm also not a list guy, so it's like I I don't know what the most extreme horror movie right. is. And somebody asked me like, oh, what, what's your go-to horror movies? I'm like, I can't even tell you. Yeah, you you don't realize how big of an ass that yeah, is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I get that sometimes, and I'm like, well, what day of the week is it? Right, you know, right. How, what it could I have be for this lunch? one day. It could be yeah. It, it just varies. I mean, right. I I think it's safe to say that like. You probably have a pool of like ten to fifteen mm. movies that you're like, yeah, these are my tops. Right. Like, I think these are reflective of what I like about the genre. Yeah. And, you know, Martyrs is one of those movies that I saw once, and I'm like, oh, I don't know if I like that. And then <laughs> the second time I watched it, I think I kind of tuned out a little bit. Um, so I I appreciate the the films that kind of push the limits. So with Unearthed Films, I do own a few of their stuff. Like, I own Untold Story, which I still haven't watched that disc. Right. But I like Cat 3 stuff, which mm. is weird. Because right. <laughs> it's like... The, you know, there's something weird about... It. Most Cat 3 stuff, it's either, like, really grim or it's, like, got... Uh, it's tongue-in-cheek somehow. Mm. And I remember Untold Story being really d- gross. I actually want to... <laughs> I went to watch Untold Story and Ebola Syndrome, but I think that might be too much. A little too much, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, li- I like what Under Earth films, right. uh, and they're also supposed to put out... I love that yes. they put out Cat yeah. 3 movies, and then they're they're like, we're also handling Hilarious House of Frankenstein. <laughs> like, what? You guys like Jeff Daniels? <laughs> I think they're calling it Unearthed Kids. I'm yeah. like, oh, that's kind of weird. Because oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, growing up, like, I was always, you know, the teenage edgelord. And, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Would find humor and stuff like that. But now that I'm older, I find, like, a more of appreciation in the movie that, like, just kind of makes me feel gross and dirty. Well, I don't know what it is. It's getting a reaction out of you. Right. And yeah. quite honestly, like, I, I think we all kind of hit those stages in 
horror fandom yeah. is like you start to see the stuff that you've heard about right. and then you start to explore yeah. and when you're exploring you're either exploring similar genres like or subgenres like slasher films mm -hmm. that was my big thing is like oh i gotta see every slasher film and then um then you you're like oh i this is weird i didn't know you could do this in a movie and right. then you start really kind of testing yourself it's yeah. it's like the electric fence basically yeah, right <laughs> until you find maybe a movie that's like oh i didn't like that that right. didn't make me feel good and then you know yeah i mean that's the whole beauty about like i think the horror genre in general is it it is it can go either way mm -hmm. it could be entertaining entertaining or it can be like pushing your limits, right. kind of figuring out what where where you're just like, oh no, this yeah. is definitely not what I want. Right. But well, I think it too. It's like one of those things where, um, you know, eventually, you know, like as time goes on, you kind of get more and more jaded. Oh yeah, that, for sure. Things. And like you know, it's a movie. You know, it's an art. Uh, you yeah. know, like an art form of right. you know moving pictures and whatever. But like anything that can like elicit that emotional response. I kind of gravitate towards whether it be, mm -hmm. you know, happiness it makes me laugh, makes me cry my eyes out. Don't, don't fuck with dogs. Yeah, yeah. Like I will never watch Barley <laughs> and Me. Oh, you know anything like that? Yeah, I made that mistake. Right, fuck. but like that's a horror movie. Right, but like any movie, like uh, Golden Glove was one that kind of, yeah, did the the whole. I don't feel good. I right. Don't, <laughs> I don't like humanity. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. You know, it gives me that, you know, hour and a half of just, ugh. Yeah. I kind of appreciate it. I don't know why. It's well, I mean. Masochism. I, I, I don't, cinematic masochism. <laughs> look, it, it, it's weird because I, I think, you know, I know we're going on this tangent before we get into the second pick of mine, but right. <laughs> um, I think it's always interesting because, again, you are pushing your limits. Mm -hmm. And those same limits might not apply to other people. Right. Some people might be like, oh, this is really hitting a nerve. But I also like that the genre is able to do that. Mm -hmm. And I think when we do see those movies where we're like, oh, that's too much. I don't want that. Right. Then we know. And the fact that a movie in general can make us kind of forget, like, hey, this is all pretend. Right. It means something. Yeah. Um, which again is why I bought Martyrs. I'll probably watch it one more time. Right. I'll be like, ah, oh, yep, not for me, but I'm glad I own it. Yeah, and part of me feels bad for like really enjoying, you know, what people call like red flag movies. Like, oh yeah, you don't want to, you don't want to be around a guy that likes these movies. What about but, the iceberg? Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, I like like something like a Serbian film. I don't sure. I don't find another one I own. I don't another find unearthed <laughs> film right. as well. I don't find enjoyment from it because like, ha ha ha. This right. is you know, look at this. This is you know, it's just like. Man, like this touches on a piece of humanity that's kind of real. Yeah, and it just creeps me the fuck out. It's shot really, <laughs> and it's it, look the a Serbian film in general is a very well shot film. Yeah, and it's it one of those where I'm like, I'm not going to recommend this to you. This is, you know, a self harm thing. If you <laughs> right, it's like it's funny because I'll buy these movies and maybe they're movie like Irreversible. Right. I love Irreversible, but by me saying I love Irreversible, it's mm. like oh he must watch that all the fucking time. Right? No, no, no. <laughs> God no. <laughs> but I want to have it like in its Blu-ray presentation, mm. like the best I can get it, so that way if somebody wants to watch it, 
and be like, hey, I got it. Yeah. Or, you know, if I want to put it on for some crazy reason <laughs> and just be like, oh, today's a great day to watch Irreversible. <laughs> <laughs> then I have that ability. I feel like shit. I'm yeah. about to feel shitty. Yeah. yeah. Quite honestly, it could be one of those things like, oh, well, my life isn't that bad. It's like you, when you have a canker sore and you right. put your tongue on it so it hurts more. <laughs> You're like, fuck, I forgot. But so that way I... when you take your tongue off, it doesn't yeah. hurt as bad. <laughs> But yeah, okay, Vampire's Kiss. Right, yeah. <laughs> How'd that happen? <laughs> it just happened. It was the whole MVD thing. All right. Um, I, I Look, I watched The Monsters. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, so I will say to plug another movie that I highly recommend everybody check out in how, on Halloween if you have Shudder is Deadstream. It's mm. Evil Dead. Basically, it kind of devolves in the Evil Dead, but we're not here to talk about it. We're talking about <laughs> Rob Zombies, the monsters, elephant in the room. <laughs> I will say that when I saw the first trailer, which I'm pretty sure was like a trailer he cut together oh, yeah. just for his concerts, the mix was weird. Right. Um, whenever they released the kind of official home video trailer, that was better. I was like, okay, this is cool. Um, doesn't need to be two hours, probably not. Mm-hmm. But what I will say is, like, it's kind of cute. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of Sherry Moon Zombie. And I hate to, like, everybody, you know, I feel like she gets beat up a lot. Right. <laughs> because, yeah. like, she's the Facebook every, forum every whipping, fucking, whipping post. <laughs> yeah. Every fucking movie does. Like, man, I don't know why he hires his wife. And here's what I will say is, like, yes, this does definitely feel like Rob Zombie is like, I'm a huge monster kid. I right. love the monsters. The fact that I get to do this, I'm going to bring my wife along and right. she's going to be I mean, it's okay for Tim Burton to do it, but. Right, right. <laughs> I, I mean,. But for some reason he does it and people just Well, I think the person who I mean, chooses is better actor. <laughs> Helen Bottom Carter is. You know? I think well, she's poor a comparison better actress. probably. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but with that said, um I will say it's kinda cute and I I don't know, it's kinda kitschy. what I I really still even after seeing it, it's like why didn't you guys just make this like a little mini series? Right. Like twenty minute segments it probably would have been more palatable than a two hour long movie. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I think it would have worked better because when I first watched it, I started watching it and I watched the first 20 minutes. I'm like, okay, this isn't bad. I mean, sure. It's shot like very cheaply. There's really no depth of field. So you don't have any cinematic quality. It feels like a direct to video movie. I I felt like it felt like a um, ABC family. Original. Yes. 100%. It's basically, it should have just been called a Peacock original, but I think everything (laughs) on the paper said, no, it's getting made through Netflix. But I mean, that's really what it is. And I know Rob's kind of gone on record and said, like, he didn't have much of a budget. Right. And he was laughing at people saying, like, there is, a, I don't know, a $10 minute, million dollar budget. And he's I, like, I, lo- no. I, I looked into it. It was bloody disgusting. That really? That, oh, he's got a major budget and, you know, studio budget. And Mm-mm. and people were like, well, that's what you made? And he's like, no, it wasn't even half that. <laughs> I mean, the, yeah, the dead giveaway. Or didn't he say something like all my movies combined were not made for that? Yeah. Or something like yeah. that? 
I mean, the the big thing, once I learned it was Universal 1440, I'm like, oh, okay, this is like from the same studio that gave you Tremors, <laughs> like all the sequels. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I can't even name uh, Cold Day in Hell or whatever right. the fuck that one was. Yeah. We even reviewed it on the site. I mean, most of Tremors on the podcast. Was, you know, shot on site and let's bury a tire with sand and put a chain on it. Right. And- we'll but have, that, we'll that was that. the first Tremors and that was yeah. a studio movie but once you get into like well shit any of the sequels right. were really direct to video um, and especially lately the ones with Jamie Kennedy and Michael Gross like that's Universal 1440 yeah. so once I learned that I'm like oh okay yeah. I haven't dipped my toe into that yeah. side of the pool but uh, <laughs> it's not really worth dipping right not even on the I'm, I'm content with number one yeah yeah uh, look, number two is not nothing to scoff at, though. Right. I will say that because if I remember correctly, Helen Slater's in that, and she's kind of a delight yeah. in that movie. But uh, the monsters. So this was mainly, I want to say, filmed in like Hungary. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Apparently, that's a big thing now. Weird. We moved from Georgia to Hungary. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's it's Georgia to Bulgaria or Hungary. Right. Yeah, it's wild. Um. The the set design is probably the best thing about this movie, yeah. even though it's shot very cheaply, and I don't think what was captured really truly does it justice, because mm. it's almost like nobody let the set design know that this isn't a theatrical movie, right. <laughs> and everything is so detailed, and it's like, holy shit, good job, guys. I, I almost wonder if like they shot it with the intent of it being in black and white because of the high contrast. I don't know. Because I know this, like Rob said that the studio said no, no to the whole to black, black and white, white. thing. It, it makes me wonder if, like, yeah, if we mess with our TVs, right? Because I know if like you look at the actual like color photos of like the Adams family, yeah. Oh they yeah, some they're weird like, fucking colors. They're very garish, <laughs> right? And that's the thing is like I, I think especially with the Adams family, they were trying to figure out like oh what colors look better on black and white, right. and they kind of messed with it, and they're like oh, turns out like hot pink looks right. pretty great. Um, yeah, I am kind of curious, mm-hmm. you know, like. I I wouldn't put it past somebody to make a fan edit of Rob Zombie's The Monsters in black and white. And quite honestly, it might look better. Because I will say, one trick that I used to do when I was a young budding filmmaker (laughs) was shoot things in black and white. And believe it or not, the fact that you lose the color spectrum with black and white does help your image kind of sell it more as like, oh, this is... I can't tell if this was shot on a camcorder or whatnot. Um, you can, I mean, obviously you can tell, but like you can also kind of fake around it. If he shot it in black and white and added some film grain and post, right. like nobody would probably know. Yeah. Uh, I look it. It's a two-hour-long movie. I say break it up in parts. Mm-hmm. I think it's worth your time, especially if you have Netflix. It's spooky season. You're right. probably going to want to watch something, and you know you're curious. So just check it out, and if if you want to do 20-minute segments, which is my recommended viewing of it, cool. Uh, Daniel Roebuck does a really great job. I think, I think he nailed it. I, I think he really hit it spot on. Because yeah. um, I always favor the Munsters over the Addams Family. Because, I mean, that was the show that played on Nick at Night. I wish, I, I'm wishy-washy on but, it. But, like, when it comes to, like, the movies... You know, like mm-hmm. the was it ninety one Adams Family? Mm-hmm. They kind of set a high bar, mm-hmm. a really high bar. And I was kind of like, 
being that huge Monsters fan, I want that for for the Monsters, my favorite franchise. And so I'm watching this. I'm like, I'm really digging Grandpa. Yeah. Um, you know, Sherry Moon didn't b- b- bother me at all. I was she was less annoying than usual. Right. <laughs> Minor nitpick. She should be blue. <laughs> I don't know why she's yeah, not but makeup. she's like well, she is. It kind of she's like pasty white. Because whenever they show her get the tattoo, it's like, oh, yeah. that's not flesh tone. That's like a white, like an off white. Yeah, it's weird. But when she makes like the 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 joke at the end, where like, oh my god, these people are are, are hor- horrible. Yeah, to look they at. all look hideous. I'm like, they look like you though. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you? Why don't you look like your vampire grandpa? <laughs> you just look like you went to Hot Topic. Right. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean. She was okay. Um, Herman Monster did not work for me. Yeah, I mean, I've heard that from multiple I people. I think Fred Gwynn just kind of made that role impossible to fill those massive shoes. And it's funny because, like, Nikki and I would alternate, especially in the first year of us dating, mm-hmm. we would alternate between Adam's Family and Monsters because right. it was streaming on different services and we're like okay where where are we going tonight are we going to monsters or are we going to mockingbird lane or are we going uh to the ams family are we gonna stop there and i still prefer the adams family as a show yeah uh which is weird because it's just it's like an inverted take on life right versus the monsters where they think they're normal and they're not right uh it's weird i mean it, i i guess you could say that for both families right mm. but the monsters is like completely different right <laughs> I, I like the the relationship dynamics between uh herman and i do too and lily i do too um it's it's more wholesome but it's yeah. also like is really TV family. Yeah, it's more like... Versus Adam's family, where it's like TV family, but there's like something off. Right. Well, like Monsters was more Leave it to Beaver. Yes. And Adam's family was kind of its own... And the joke. ...little animal, The joke with Monsters is like, they're not Leave it to Beaver. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I I mean, I think the the film's fine. Again, if you have Netflix, it's free, quote unquote, free to stream. Um, I I say just do it, you know. I, I think it's worth a watch for people. Yeah, give it 30 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Rob Zombie. The Monsters. He's made worse. Yeah, he <laughs> has made worse. Speaking of zombies. Zombies. <laughs> <laughs> that takes us into Lucio Fulci's Zombie. Your favorite movie. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is an encore presentation that we just did for Late Night Grindhouse. Uh, the last time I showed this was in 2011. So really like the second year of Grindhouse, but for a lot of people, probably the first year of Grindhouse mm-hmm. because they're like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Oh, it's a program. Okay. Um, <laughs> I didn't even know about it yet. So. <laughs> yeah. No, a lot of people didn't. I mean, it's funny talking to people now. It's like, fuck, where were you people? Um, but no, it, it's... Uh, movie that it's hard. How do you pick Fulci's favorite, like your favorite Fulci film? I, I think it's just, <sighs> especially you. How do you pick it? Well, you know how Congress described pornography, <laughs> or was it the Supreme Court? You know it when you Supreme see Court. it. it's just something that hits you just right yeah no so zombie is uh lucio fulci film from 1980 
depending who you talk to, because I think it was released in 88, but filmed right. in 79. I always go with 79. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, the link on the Marcus Theaters thing said zombie 1979. So I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah. close. Yeah. Tomato, tomato. <laughs> um, you know, keep it Italian. Get it. Oh. Hey. 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 <laughs> hey. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, Lucio Fulci Zombie is, you know, it's not my favorite Fulci film, mm-hmm. but it is yours. Right. <laughs> um, if I, I were still, to guess. I still lean. Oh, yeah. If I were to guess. Let's do a guess. Don't torture a duckling? No. No. Okay. Close, though. Well, no, I wouldn't even say close. Well, it's probably like the basic bitch Fulci pick. City of the Living Dead? Yeah, City okay. of the Living Dead's my favorite. <laughs> Just because, like, he kind of plays with H.P. Lovecraft in it. Right. And yeah. I've always, even though, like, H.P. Lovecraft is a racist piece of shit, yes. I've always dug, like, this different kind of storytelling that he does. Mm-hmm. Um, and anybody that can kind of pull off that atmosphere, which yeah. is probably why I like In the Mouth of Madness so much, mm. I, I feel like deserves extra credit. Well, and, he, he pioneered cosmic horror, and yeah. I mean, there's something to be said about that. Yeah, right? for sure. But yeah, Zombie is a pretty straightforward film, mm. um, but there's so many gems inside the film. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so l- let's talk about it. What, uh, wh- how or when was the first time you saw this so this was summer of 2002 okay um i had i was working at hardy's my first job Hell and i'm yeah. like you know what i'm gonna save up buy a dvd player because those things were fucking expensive back then <laughs> dude this just sounds like me <laughs> i started my job in 1999 right. and i like saved up and i think my first paycheck went to yeah. a dvd player <laughs> so like i pick out the dvd player i wanted put it on layaway at walmart um when I eventually got it out, mm-hmm. I also picked up two movies. They were um, Dark City and Reservoir Dogs, of all things. I mean, two solid movies yeah, that still yeah. kind of stuck with me throughout time. But I bought Halloween. No right. surprise. <laughs> <laughs> well, Walmart didn't really have the best of selection. No, but like, yeah. when I first went out to like, okay, let's feed this thing. Let's buy these things some movies. Um, we went to, me and a group of friends went to Sam Goody. Okay. Which, R.I.P. Yeah. <laughs> So we go to Sam Goody, and like at that time, I was already you know a big Romero fan. Did you not fan. have a Suncoast? Not near me. Okay, it was in Mid Rivers Mall. I think they were owned by the same people. Well, probably. I just vaguely remember the stickers looking the yeah. same. So. It was. Uh, we had Suncoast in Mid Rivers Mall. Sam Goody was in Troy, Missouri, which oh. was a little more north. Okay. to me, a little closer. Okay, but um, I was I was already a Romero fan. I already had the uh, you know the Living Dead trilogy. Uh, so I wanted to upgrade those. those. Those were my picks, you know. Um, so me and a group of friends went out there, and I'm like, okay, I find Night Living Dead, which easy to find anytime, anywhere. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they didn't have a whole lot of, you know, selection that was really speaking out to me. Um, I grabbed Night Living Dead, Return of Living Dead, and I'm getting towards the end there, and I see this DVD copy of the this, iconic artwork the iconic yeah. worm-eyed you know zombie from anchor bay and it just said zombie, zombie. i was like what the what fuck the is fuck? this we got lazy right so i'm thinking to myself <laughs> any movie any zombie film that's bold enough to call itself zombie is either the best thing ever right or one of the worst things i'm ever just gonna a see bold claim either way i'm in okay <laughs> So I picked that up. We go to my place. We play, you know, a few games of Magic the Gathering. And, you know, uh, 
you know, the sun starts going down. I'm like, okay, let's start watching some movies. Sun's down. Time to party. We watch Return of Living Dead because usually, Fuck yes, usually I, you know, whenever I do a double Wait, feature. Wait, was this a zombie all nighter then? Uh, yeah, in my place it usually was. Okay, <laughs> like it. So usually, like with my double features, I like, you know, let's play the good movie first, and then the not so good movie. Yeah, in a second. Yeah. It's usually like it's later. You're a little more slap happy. Or whatever. Sure. Sure. So we watched Return of the Living Dead, and then I put in Zombie, and then like within the first five minutes, I'm like, "This is fucking amazing!" <laughs> <laughs> so from first like opening sequence to last shot, I'm I'm in love. Yeah, and this like opened up so many doors for me because I'm like, it it showed me things I didn't know. Was this your first like European horror yes. film? Okay. Yeah, first venture into Euro. Did that screw you up though? Because it's all set in like it's most of it set. It starts and ends in New York. Um, because I, really, I remember having a tough time when I was younger. Right, I'm yeah. like, how is this European New York City? What's yeah. wrong? <laughs> and then I started thinking like Maniac was New York, like a European horror film. Right, right. <laughs> because well, it's all in New York. So right. oh, fuck, I can see that. Yeah. But, but this movie showed me a lot of things about myself that I didn't know. Like, <laughs> Roger, you really love eye trauma. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. That's the thing that makes you gag. Who knew? Okay, so so we're in the same boat. You just, like, really strive for that feeling. Yeah, okay. pretty much. <laughs> that feeling, I guess, never went away. So. Oh, God. But, I, it, it, I mean, it gave me everything I really wanted out of a zombie movie. Sure. You know? Didn't have too much characterization. Yeah. which I, it was probably my only, only negative about the film. But, like, it, I mean, it still has a decent story to it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, some of the characters definitely do feel disposable. Right. And, and I think that's just kind of what happened. Yeah, <laughs> right. it, it, that's just what happens. Right. You know, I mean, the we don't really get the characters introduced to us for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this whole boat sequence that happens right. in the beginning, and it's this... I mean, it's really just a setup to kind of set the scene. It's mm-hmm. in retrospect, it's like such a kind of weird movie to, or kind of weird scene to like open up with. Right. But it it also makes sense. It's like, yeah, I want to show a zombie movie and they're among us. Yeah. And, you know, I want to set up the story like, yeah, they came over in a boat. Yeah, because the boat came like right after like this uh, body bagged zombie arises and just right. gets big headshot. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> And then all of a sudden we're That's on how this, the movie opens. Right, yeah. And then we're on this like derelict boat just floating in New York Harbor. Very kind of reminiscent of Nosferatu, I yes. always felt. And I, I feel like I feel like that's intentional. Yeah. In a weird way. Yeah. Um but yeah, no, <laughs> then you got horrible New York City. Right. Like New York dubbing. Right. <laughs> and it's not just New York, it's Italian. Yeah, New it's York Italian City. New York. It's a com- <laughs> completely different New York. <laughs> Than you think, and no, I, I that's not a dig to like a lot of Italians live in New York City. This is right. just Italian. It's it's their own special flavor of romanticism right. of, of New York City. <laughs> Watch New York Ripper, the get yeah. a full feel of what Italian yeah. New York is. <laughs> I feel like that's that's a cinematic universe in its own right. right? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, I I think the movie. <laughs> Movie starts off with a bang. I almost said that. <laughs> Jesus, goddamn Christ! Um, but yeah, no. I mean, it, it does open up pretty boldly. Yeah. It's like, oh fuck, and then 
um, yeah, we get you know familiar sites as as far mm. as Americans are concerned. Right. It's like okay, New York City, got it. Didn't know boats were a big thing here. All right, great. Because mm. you know, I mean, we're from Missouri. We don't right. fucking know. <laughs> like <laughs> hashtag salt life. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't see why I see. I don't understand why I see that around. <laughs> I don't either. I just feel like it's people that either romanticize about right. east coast living and, or they just love florida yeah. which is even scarier <laughs> no offense <laughs> to anybody in florida but let's be honest you know it's true <laughs> anyway um so yeah um what else kind of like drew you into this movie uh probably like the way it's shot okay because um just the whole look and feel of it like visually yeah there's not a bad shot in this movie no i can't remember who fucking photographed this movie but sergio salvati yeah yeah yes. okay i was gonna say it's somebody worth a damn right he worked with fulci and contraband uh the beyond house by the cemetery city of the living dead yeah so like with this movie it was it was fulci's first foray into like pure horror like he did right. giallo before uh, was already accustomed to like comedies and westerns and stuff, but this was his first pure horror movie, and he had like kind of like this four horsemen of perfection. <laughs> yeah, he had Sergio uh, Salvati with the cinematography. Giannetto. Uh, the makeup was uh, Giannetto De Rossi. Yep, and the soundtrack was Fabio Frizzi. Fuck yeah! And all four of those people coming together just made pure fucking magic yeah no it's true i mean i i absolutely love everything the only thing is like i was thinking about it and i love fabio fritzi's work Mm -hmm. um even with or without fulci but obviously like my main draw is fulci right right? but it's funny because i'm like why didn't fritzi do the score for house by the cemetery and should I love House by the Cemetery because he didn't do it? <laughs> yes, because it's a fucking amazing score. Right. But, um, yeah, no, I, it's funny because, like, I do feel, and this is something that's maybe recently popped up, and I could be talking out of my ass, but I feel like Fabio Fritzi's score, which is very simplistic, almost feels like the Jaws score in its simplicity. Mm-hmm. At first, until it really goes into the melody. But it's such an iconic theme that I know I've been around people that have never seen the movie and know where that's from. Mm -hmm. And it's really fucking with me. I'm like, you know this movie? Holy shit. (laughs) I should probably put that in like horror trivia night for like one of our um, themes or something. Not this year because... (laughs) This Friday, when we do horror trivia night, it's going to be... There is a round... That has to deal with music. I'm just going to tell you that much. That's it. Okay. Back to Zelda. Well, I have a bit of trivia for this movie that might work. Okay. I'm ready. I'm ready. I don't know if we want to do it now. Yeah, let's do it now. Okay. So the the character... I only know the real name. (laughs) (laughs) That's fine. So the character Brian has a graphic t-shirt on. Okay. What is the graphic on that t-shirt? Oh, Jesus. Fuck. I haven't seen this movie in so long. <laughs> and it sucks because I'm like, oh, I'll hold out until Saturday. Right. Is it a skateboard count? No. 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 What is it? The hint? You want a hint? Yeah. It is a comic book reference. DC Comics. Batman? No. It says, 
Daily Planet. Daily Planet. <laughs> that's right. Oh my God. Okay. Okay. That's a good one. So maybe that's a dead giveaway. You don't know. Maybe. <laughs> All right. So uh, where are we at? Where are we at? So we talked about the way it was shot. Yep. Um, the special effects. Yes. Let's talk about the special effects by uh, Gia. Jesus Christ. Giannetto De Rossi. Yes. Yeah. Giannetto De Rossi, who is actually, it's funny because, I mean, I got into these Italian horror movies probably around the same time you did, maybe mm-hmm. even a little later. Yeah. And I Thank remember- God for Shriek Show? Yeah. Shriek <laughs> Show was a big one. Like, I think I might even still have that zombie too. Hold on. Or did I give it away? I might have gave it away. TV. WX. Where is it? No. It's right fucking here. <laughs> Zombie Noise. 2, the 25th anniversary edition. Shriek <laughs> Show. Fuck yeah. Um, I remember buying that one. Oh, man. And uh, thinking it was going to be a different movie. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> That's before I knew that Zombie 2 is zombie. Is <laughs> look at the covers and shit. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. Yeah, Giannato De Rossi. And they had uh, screenwriter Dardano Sacchietti. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I'm really horrible at that. But yeah, um, no, I mean, I remember seeing this cover Mm -hmm. and I got into the Italian stuff, but it was funny because whenever High Tension came out, I was like, who? Who did the gore effects for that? And I started going down the catalog and I'm like, oh, this guy worked a lot with Fulci and Mm -hmm. like other Italian horror film directors. I I should probably check these movies out. And they were kind of on the list. And I remember checking out Zombie and I'm like, you know, I I remember back then when I watched it, I'm like, I have my problems. It's a little slow, but there's so many cool scenes. And I'm like, you know, yeah, sure, it's slow. It's padding out a little bit. But fuck, these scenes really kill. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I've just kind of grown to appreciate it right. more. It's just, it, it, it is a really cool movie, um, especially for anybody who thinks they've seen all the zombie movies. Mm-hmm. It's also like, a f- it feels, it, there's a different flavor to it. I guess right. is probably the best way to say it. Um, it doesn't feel like your stereotypical zombie movie. Right. And uh, look, Oh, go ahead. With Night of Living Dead, like Romero basically changed the whole zombie scene. Yeah. You know, they're undead ghouls that feast on flesh. Right. Before that, you had, you know, a white zombie. I walked with a zombie, which I believe won an Oscar. Mm. <laughs> you might be right on that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, the previous zombies were, um, they weren't necessarily undead ghouls. It was just any sort of loss of humanity. Right. Self-identity, self-control. And that's and definitely in here. You're basically being controlled by something else. And what Fulci did was kind of bridge that gap between Romero and the old school because it was, is this a voodoo curse? That's what the doctor's working right, on. Right, right. Can he find a cure or is it just, you know, an impossible task, you know, for him to do? Um, it. I, a lot of people call it like a Dawn of the Dead remake because of the whole cash in. Not a remake, a, a Dawn of the Dead ripoff. Yeah, yeah. And what the studio did was like, well, Dawn of the Dead was called Zombies, so we're going to name it Zombie, Zombie 2. 2. It wasn't right. that wasn't Fulci's intention. Right, right. He was actually pretty upset about that cuz he's like I want to make my own movie and stand on its own two feet. So he was upset about it. Argento sure as fuck was upset about it. Which kind of I th- that might have been the beginning of their It it could have sort been. of rivalry. Yeah, but what's funny is like, you know, when was Inferno made? That was 1980, right? 
Um, no, it was a little later. I think Inferno might have been around when Fulci made The Beyond. Okay. So 81. Right, because I remember Fulci kind of being sour that people like kind of shit on The Beyond for being yeah. a little too nonsensical and kind of more cosmic horror, I guess. There's like right. no rhyme or reason for what's going on, but it's happening. Right, right. And Inferno kind of seems like that. Yeah. Um, the only reason why I bring that up is like, I know there is in luck toward the end of, uh, towards the end of Lucio Fulci's life, mm-hmm. Argento, I don't know if he felt pity or if he was just like, you know what? I'm going to give my buddy. It could have been like, look, I'm, we're just being assholes. Yeah. You know, yeah, because this they is stupid. They didn't mend the bridges and everything. Yeah. Because like, and the wax went, ugh. The wax mask was right. supposed to be the, the last Lucio Fulci. Yeah, because what's that book? Um, Spaghetti Nightmares? Spaghetti Nightmares. With all the, the interviews between the directors? Yeah. They were some catty motherfuckers oh, to each other. One, and you know what? I mean, it is translated by somebody who I feel Italian is their main language. Mm-hmm. So there might not be... It's so hard to read because like, I know there's stuff in there that contradicts other things right. that I've heard. Yeah. And kind of what we've been told, even though the picture of Tom Savini holding the axe for Nightmare <laughs> cannot be disputed. Um, just say, actually, I, I know, I feel like I know what went down with that situation. Right. Tom Savini's like just trying to help some people who are fucking drowning. Right. And I believe like, oh, yeah. one of his students was working on the film. So he's like, oh, I'll give you some pointers since well, I'm in town. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was just a New York thing. But anyway. Yeah. Not right. a New York thing. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I I always dug Zombie because it also, it's one of those films that feels like it's in two different locations because right. it kind of is, right? Yeah. And I f- it's nice to me when characters travel within a movie right. <laughs> because it's like, oh, I'm getting a two for one deal. And then, of course, it's got, you know, not to jump ahead too much, but a zombie versus a shark which was almost scene. cut from the film it, that's pretty amazing to me yeah. because I I mean I laughed my ass off when I saw this is the end and he was wearing a zombie versus right. shark shirt I'm like holy shit <laughs> I laughed too because I'm like I have that shirt I have yeah. that fucking shirt <laughs> <laughs> but it is like when you watch it you're just like holy yeah. fuck who thought this was a good idea number right. one number two how are you going to film this and make it convincible right and it, it's kind of an amazing scene to watch and just really break down the technical aspects mm. of. It's like, this is just like, you wanted to capture lightning in a bottle, and while you may have not done it to its like perfect extent, the fact that you had the idea to right. try it, and that it's still, yeah, I mean, it comes across as relatively, you know, it's not, it's not completely convincing, but it's pretty right. damn close. Right. And it's like... If it was done today, it would be horrible CGI. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Guarantee it. Because there would be... And look, it seems like that. That kind of make me miss old filmmaking right. when people took risks and were like, yeah, we know it's not the safest thing. Just right. be careful. Right. Don't do anything crazy. <laughs> we like, gave the shark a few sedatives. <laughs> yeah. You'll be fine. <laughs> Just, you know, put your arm in there. It's like gums. Just be careful of the teeth. They are still sharp. Right. <laughs> 
But and I don't think anything like bad ever happened to that stunt person. It, it was no. a stunt person that went in. Yeah. And basically they made him up like a zombie and they're yeah. like, okay, well, you're probably the most comfortable around this. Because the guy they hired what yeah. got quote unquote sick the day before. What what a shitty call <laughs> into a job. You know, yeah. I'm not feeling well. I'm not like gonna blame the dude scene. because hey, you gotta fight a shark today. <laughs> So they basically got, they looked at the shark wrangler that they had, and like, yeah. hey, since you provided this tiger shark, y- you want to do the scene? You know him more, you know? <laughs> I mean, I think his name's Bob. It could be John. It <laughs> seems like you know. <laughs> and look, yeah, the scene the scene really stands out. Yeah. I think that is an iconic scene just in general. Like, you could throw that in a Halloween party mix, right. and people would be like, wait, is that a zombie? <laughs> fighting a shark right. or trying to bite a shark what the <laughs> fuck is this I've, I, and uh, you know the other scene in zombie what do you think the other scene is the splinter yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's probably the other biggest takeaway I think other than like the end shot I right. think that end shot's pretty iconic but um, yeah no this is definitely Fulci I do have a thing for eyes. Like, mm-hmm. it really kind of gets under my skin. Yeah. Um, well, I know, like, one of the first nightmares that I recall having. <laughs> is it because of this movie? No, it was okay. way before this okay. movie. This is when I was a little kid. I had this nightmare where I was running through this field. Okay. I trip and fall, and a stick just goes right into my fucking eye. <laughs> I don't know why that nightmare stuck with me because I was probably, because it's traumatizing. Probably, Jesus, you know, because I think I was like maybe four or five. Oh my god, you know, something you know, stupid young. Yeah, but you know, my mom's kind of like, well, maybe in a past life that's how you die. I was like, fuck, you know, if we're going down that road, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing my luck, it would be some stupid shit <laughs> like that. It fell and paled my eyeball, which went through my brain. <laughs> Somehow. Somehow. <laughs> no, I mean, it's an iconic scene, and a lot of it is very masochistic in a right. weird way, you know, just because of how slow it goes. Right. Very, it, very tense. It's, yeah, it's Fulci, you know, you could read a lot into it and be like, yeah, Fulci wants to punish his women, which, mm. quite honestly, he does. Right. Like, you can watch any of his films. Is Does that make him a misogynist? No, I don't think so. But, quite honestly, like, everything you hear about Fulci is he didn't really care about the actors right, either. Yeah. And yeah, he whether, was very notoriously hard to work with if he... Whether it's male or female. Right. Because he, um, Al... Cliver. Because Al Cliver... Uh, they did not hit it off well. No. Because Fulci apparently had like this um, problem with people if he assumed that you got your, if you got the role based on your looks. Mm. And he's like, well. Worth a damn. Well, yeah. yeah. Like, well, this guy is a pretty boy <laughs> idiot. <laughs> and like, they just butted heads. But eventually, like, they became you really know, long close time friends, right? close, close yeah. friends. And, you know, he's been in several movies with them. Like, yeah. Some of the not good ones. I believe Sodama's Ghost is one of them. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Deep cut. I kind of forgot about that one for a second. Right. Uh, a lot of people and did. And a lot of people should. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, uh, this, the scene with the splintered wood is just like one of those things where 
it really kind of fucks with your head because mm-hmm. at this point, you know, this is a little bit of a different zombie movie than what you've seen right. in the past, or at least this is how it played out for, I, I think myself and probably you and children of the eighties, nineties, you know, whenever you get so used to watching night of the living dead, mm-hmm. you're used to these zombies acting slow and you have chances to get away. Right. If they get you, they're just going to grab you and try to pull them close so mm. they get your brains. Okay. I take issue with that. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it could be flesh <laughs> or brains. I get it. Like the human mandible does not yeah. open up enough. <laughs> <laughs> Nor does it create enough bite force to crack a skull. Which is funny, though, because you watched Return of the Living Dead, which also probably changed your viewing perspective of zombies. So you had, like, a really life-changing zombie double feature. Yeah. That's kind of wild to me. But, no, I mean, this was one of the first times, I think, uh, that I'm like, oh, no, this zombie just wants to, like, obliterate her mm-hmm. and, like, just incapacitate her so then he can do whatever he needs to right. do. Um, and the fact that, like, it happens so slowly, yeah. it's just like, f- fuck, get it over with or, like, <laughs> escape? Maybe she'll escape. Right. Maybe. And you're there just kind of thinking the whole time the scene's playing out like you're flip-flopping you you don't know what's gonna happen and then it happens and you're just like oh fuck and then it feels like it goes on too long (laughs) and it's like oh and i don't know i don't know what's worse the initial like no it's when she's or the when she's upright when it gets ripped out (laughs) yeah yeah when she's upright and it gets ripped out that's that's what usually does it for me it's just like (laughs) fuck and uh yeah, yeah it's it's a very iconic scene. Right. I also it, like on repeat viewings, like <laughs> the lead up to it. Yes. He lingers on her eyes a little, a little much. No. Yeah. It's, it's an amazing film. It, like it's an amazing scene to watch in general, but it's also an amazing film. To, I think it's a, a good one to watch with a crowd. So hopefully you guys saw it when you're listening to those. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's a very different zombie movie and right. I think that's where like a lot of my love of that was mm-hmm. happening I'm like oh man this is really cool this is like a different environment it's mainly daytime right it's just different you know it's that, that's like the the one of the things I really liked about it too it has like this unique look to the zombies they're not like rotting they're, dried out. they're like leathery dried yeah. out and it's and that's such an iconic scene whenever the 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 zombie from the poster right, shows yeah. up, right? And it's done so well. Yeah. Um, I, and from what I understand, this it was just a random guy that kind of volunteered. Um, he, considering the budget of the film, probably. Yeah. Um, uh, Ian McCulloch, like claims like the two cops at the beginning. Uh-huh. He's like, if I recall correctly, I think they were just off-duty cops. <laughs> <laughs> so they cut a lot of corners in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, most of everything shot in New York City. Yeah. Had zero permits. Shot, oh, yeah, of course. Shot, quote, unquote, illegally. Yeah. But, I mean, that was Fulci's style, If it's too. on film, baby, right. <laughs> as long as you get it in the camera, you get it on the that, stock, That was kind good. of Fulci's, like, you know, I guess, style. He was more of, a, like, an anti-authoritarian because, I mean, oh, he grew yeah. up in the time of... Um, what was the quote? I, I saw Grindhouse releasing post. It, it was like, I grew up... In a family of poor 
people uh, poor anti-fascists right yeah yeah <laughs> i mean when you when you grow up in the, under the rule of mussolini you, you kind of you know yeah kind of want to you know give the finger to the right you know. no shit yeah <laughs> it all but it all you, tracks don't tell me what to do <laughs> yeah it all tracks yeah. but no i mean i think there's something interesting with fulci's direction throughout the whole film mm-hmm. it's it's it feels like a nightmare, but it also feels like a nightmare they're trying to control. Right. And the fact that, yeah, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> nope. And, and that's kind of more the horror angle of it is like, oh, shit, these guys tried. Yeah. And they failed. Right. And we didn't really. I, I know when I was like kind of going back and I was I don't know if you would necessarily call it nihilistic cinema but i know it kind of gets looped into that Mm -hmm. just because you know it's basically saying yeah we're gonna give you this illusion of hope right well an illusion that yeah maybe you'll solve it everything will be hunky-dory and then it doesn't and it's just like yeah everything (laughs) falls apart and that's that and then we're gonna end the movie with all these zombies congratulations over the bridge you made it home right everything's fucked (laughs) well and here's the other thing is like I I mean again I don't know if maybe you could totally read too much into it but the fact that the zombies are coming home mm. quote unquote on the Brooklyn Bridge right. almost feels like a commentary on immigration and Italian immigration into New York City. Very well could be. Yeah, and look, again, it could be or it could not be. Right. Well, she's just like, yeah, I filmed in New York City because we got money there. <laughs> Sure, we'll go with that. We'll, right, we'll go with the immigration. Yeah, yeah. Of course, that's what I meant. I mean, I, I read more into like the the traffic still going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it could be because you know they shot without permits, so they, right. they couldn't close out. You could know. you imagine like just how, how to wrangle all those people? Right. Like, okay, guys, we don't have any permits, <laughs> so meet, synchronize your clocks. Right. <laughs> so like, they they couldn't shut down the highway. Right. Or more likely, two. It's a commentary on this is America. Yep. Zombie apocalypse or not, still get your ass to work. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It was the Reagan era. Right. Right, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's what was happening. Uh, But no, I mean, it's such an iconic movie, but it's funny because like a lot of people still haven't really seen it all Mm. that much. And anytime you show that poster to anybody, they're like, oh. Oh fuck! What is this? Okay, cool. But for whatever reason, a lot of people still have not seen it. They don't mm. consider it's. For me, for a long time, it kind of sat in this weird. I don't want to say bubble, but like this weird in between of like, oh, I want to watch a zombie movie. Okay, I want to watch Dawn of the Dead, or I want to watch Night of the Living Dead. I want right. to watch an iconic zombie movie. I don't go to the movie called Zombie. (laughs) That's why I call it Zombie Flesh Eaters. Right, right. There's Zombie, (laughs) yeah, it's Zombie, Zombie 2, Zombie Flesh Eaters. What's another one? Um, There's another one, too. Also, Roger's wearing a Zombie Holocaust shirt, which also feels very much like zombie in a weird way it's like when you go to a concert you don't wear the shirt for the band you're seeing <laughs> but you want you wear one that's kind of similar kinda close, so you know right. like everybody knows what you go what see you danzig know. you throw on your sam Hain shirt <laughs> <laughs> not your misfit shirt <laughs> not your fucking hot topic bullshit <laughs> i ain't giving jerry only my money <laughs> what other movie titles also known as nightmare island 
Nightmare on... Okay, that's not a very popular one. I believe that was the title that it was filmed under. Interesting. And that's when, before the studio came in, it was like, you know, we're going to cash in on this whole Romero thing. (laughs) It was pretty popular That would have been really interesting because you would have had Nightmare Island and Nightmare City. Right, yeah. Hmm. Okay. Two different zombie tales. Right. (laughs) In a weird way. But yeah, I mean, what else about zombie? Like, what, what makes this your movie? So, like like the makeup and the whole look of everything like a lot of the gore gags i i believe rival savini and dawn of the dead oh yeah um i don't know why savini went with the whole blue zombie makeup thing i don't really know i i remember him saying something about like they didn't really test it well like on camera (laughs) and he's like well in real life it was more gray yeah, yeah, it turned yeah. out more blue on on camera, but you know, but beyond that, like, um, well, the theory was that like the pink hues of your flesh would like disappear right. if you're dead, right, or undead, because right? the red blood vessels, right, yeah. right. So I I get the theory behind right. it, but I I definitely do favor these zombies more because I feel like right. that's actually what would happen. Right. Like, yeah, you're not getting the proper blood flow, nutrients, right. moisturizer, all this <laughs> other stuff. It's like, you know, shit. Sometimes if I don't forget my moisturizer, I'm like, oh God, I'm ashy. What the hell is happening? Why are my elbows so coarse? <laughs> but like one of my favorites, you know, gore gags in Dawn of the Dead was, you know, the, uh, the guy who's clearly a zombie and his wife mm-hmm. runs up to him and is like, oh, you know, gives him a hug and he bites her in the neck and just rips that flesh out. Yeah, yeah. Great. But there's a there's one in zombie that I think is like way better. Yeah. It's when uh, the, the doctor's assistant gets bit on the arm. It's a good gag. Fantastic. <laughs> and then you got like all the throat rips, like the cop, um... Susan, who gets her throat ripped out, this is a fountain of blood that yeah. comes with it. And that's that's maybe one of the very few times that I've seen like the blood flow like a fl- fountain, yeah. which is very eerie when you go down. If you're going down these rabbit holes I had talked about earlier, right. once you start watching like actual real death shit, yeah, because if you had unsupervised oh. internet access. And- <laughs> In the early 2000s, late 1900s, I mean, 1990s. I hate to say this comparison, but I'm going to say it. Uh, just listen to the Bud Dwyer video right, and, yeah. and like watch some of these visuals. Woof. It's like, ooh, okay, well, all right. But like working in like you know factory work and industry and stuff, right? So for some, sometimes I work out you know workplace accidents like that, Ugh. and since I work with glass. You sever an artery. So did Argento come to you? That shit flows. Because <laughs> he likes mirrors and A glass. little bit. <laughs> yeah, that's like a weird like uh, contrast between styles. Like, I know, it is. Like you see a close-up of an eye and then yeah. something totally annihilating that eye, you're watching Fulci. Yeah. If you see a, a pretty woman's head being pushed through a pane of glass, that's you're watching Argento. Yeah. I don't think you really have anything with Baba. Baba was probably just like fucking with the glass, trying to figure out how to get a flare or something. I don't need no gimmick. Yeah. He's like, oh, I'll use this glass to show a diopter right. shot or something. All I, I need is a camera. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, I think with Zombie, especially, Fulci really kind of shows that he's going for the jugular and mm. he's like, he's more fascinated with the gore and right. he's, you know, 
look, the story is pretty basic. Right. There's not a lot to the story. Mm-hmm. So it's really about the presentation. And I think what Fulci does is like he just kind of hits the full throttle on the gas right. and just doesn't let up. And he's like, yeah, when these scenes are gory, I'm going to make sure you feel them. Right. And that's always been the f- fascinating thing about Fulci, which feels like a movie title right there. Mm-hmm. Fascinating thing. <laughs> fascinating facts about Fulci. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, I mean, Zombie is one of those, it's it's an odd movie because, like, I could only imagine if, if it ever got shown on TV, which it I don't think it really has, but uh, maybe in Asian really, markets. Yeah, wouldn't it be a really cool like Saturday morning, like Saturday afternoon movie? Right. <laughs> or they showed it on Channel Eleven here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to KPLR. <laughs> now, Lucio Zombie. Coming up, we have Enter the Dragon, starring Bruce Lee, John Saxon, and Jim Lee. After that, Zombie. Zombie. Yeah, it's definitely the title. Like we don't know any of the actors. Starring Ian McCulloch and some random yeah, that's about it. That's about it. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, I, I think zombies, uh, I do think it is, especially if you're getting into Italian horror, mm-hmm. uh, it is a classic of that subset of horror. And I think it's a lot of fun. And even as I say, you know, Saturday afternoon movie, it does also work as one of those rare horror movies that, like, you could watch during the day and not be really phased right. by it. because it kind of fits. The yeah, it fits. It, if, honestly, yeah, it kind of immerses you more right. into the story. These people are being ripped to shreds on a beautiful tropical island. <laughs> <laughs> as you do. As you do. Beautiful blue ocean. <laughs> Deep crimson red. <laughs> Where was this mainly filmed? Uh, Dominican Republic. Okay. I, I couldn't remember if it was there or somewhere else. Yeah. I keep wanting to say Barbados. Right. But, um, yeah, I mean, I I don't know. Do you have any other stories? Anything else? Um. Well, I think there is one scene that I really like that often gets overlooked, but for some reason... It kind of just like works for me. Mm-hmm. It's when uh, the doctor first, you know, has a patient that died and comes back and he shoots in the head mm-hmm. and they're taking the, the body out and um, you see his assistant digging a grave and they're talking and talking Yeah, and uh, they go like they put the body in the grave and it pans back and you realize it's not just a grave for one person. Right, right. There's multiple bodies Multiple in here. bodies, yeah. Okay, it's a mass grave. And the guy, like, depressed, like, he sells it so good, depressingly asks, should I close it up now? And his female assistant says, no, we expect two more to die. Oh. I'm just like, Jesus! Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, there's there's a lot of great stuff right. in this movie. Um, and I, I think, you know, I know a lot of people like to argue that Fulci is just gore for gore's sake, right? right? But there's more to what he does than just a makeup show. Right. Now, am I saying, like, that's not what he's known for? Of course not. Yeah. Right? Because he's the god... He's one of the godfathers of gore. Right, yeah. (laughs) Him and Herschel gordon Lewis. Yep. And, you know, I mean, there's a reason he got that moniker, because a lot of his films are gory, and they're, like, very just fucking brutal kills yeah. I almost think he resented that I think so like, too like Parma resented that but yeah because I mean, he'd always refer to Argento like well he's the artist everyone loves Argento I'm just you know yeah I mean I think he's look I, 
I feel like Lucia Fulci is a little bit like me when I start to see like other people having all these successful things that things I tried. It's like, oh, motherfucker. Right. <laughs> like, I tried this. It didn't work out. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I mean, of course, Argento, if I, I want to say Fulci said something to the extent of like, yeah, he's got his fucking dad's money. Right. He can do whatever he wants. Yeah, he always kind of pointed out like Argento gets a budget and he's not wrong <laughs> you know Ar- Ar- Dario Argento had his father Salvatore Argento right. who was already a very well established very well known producer so yeah the money yeah. could always be like all he had to say is dad I want to direct a feature right. and I'm like oh okay here you go take this budget and run and now with that said I, I love Dario Argento don't right. get me wrong but um, I and you know, out of the three Italian filmmakers, I think everybody knows where my cards lay for the most part. But I often, I do often kind of like go back and forth between Fulci and Argento. Yeah. I I love Argento. I love his style. He, it, and I'm not for in sure. any way, shape, or form saying like they are comparable right. in a weird way. The only thing that makes them comparable is that they're Italian filmmakers. Right that kind of grew up around the same time and we're making films around the same time that were hitting the same fucking markets. Would you say it's almost like comparing like Spielberg to say Scorsese? Yeah. 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 I mean, they're exploring different facets of cinema. Um, I I almost, I I feel like there's a better analogy possibly, but probably, yeah. But, But like, you know, Spielberg is more, fascinated with the wonderment of things yeah. where Scorsese is more you know he's driven by music right and he has a weird fascination with organized crime right yeah <laughs> right he, what you know I guess but know. it's also the balance of like having a quasi normal life right. while while doing these things right yeah. but Fulci is I think Fulci is really more visceral yeah. uh, than a lot of people kind of make make him out to be like Dario Gento obviously has all these wonderful set pieces mm-hmm. and, and usually they involve death and they're very well thought out and every shot is meticulously planned where I feel as Fulci is like, look, here's what I need. I need this shot this way, this shot this way and get all the gore in gory fucking detail. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all he really wants. And I think he figures like, okay, I'm going to let the scene play itself out, but I obviously devised the scene to be, you know, a gore scene just because, you know, I think he's more of an audience pleaser in a weird way. He's like, I got to hit these bullet points. Give the people what they (laughs) want. Yeah. And like, I, I, you know, logic wise, they all have their quirks right right. (laughs) even mario bava has him too but he's probably the more sensible out of the three uh and of course the three that i'm talking about are fulci argento and bava but um and mario bava i feel like i have to fucking (laughs) you know when you start going deeper down the rabbit hole i know yeah you do have to i know (laughs) especially with argento like intertwining him with the bava legacy like oh here's lamberto bava and demons which is another wild, like, little era that Argento did. But, again, here I am talking about Argento. Well... While we're covering Fulci. He, right, well, let me... let me. Lucio would have been mad. Let me, let me, let me bring <laughs> this back full circle. I, out of the two, I definitely prefer Fulci. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And it's because, like, I love Argento stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, he does amazing stuff. But I think he limited himself, like, quite often. He always did some form of supernatural giallo combination, whether it be, you know, and run that whole spectrum there. Mm-hmm. Um, Fulci never really had a wheelhouse, per se. Like, he was known for being, you know, the gore hound or whatever. Right, right. But, I mean... His massive filmography, which most people don't even know half of it, really. No, no. Like, he did comedies. Yeah. He He ran the gamut. Right, he did. He was a filmmaker more so than a horror. He did westerns. um, Some some of his westerns are really good. Right. He did um, uh, the crime... Um, Poliacetti. I <laughs> butchered that. But. Uh, oh shit! Now I'm, I'm right. going to say uh, Placetti. No. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So he did. You know, really good crime films. Um, Contraband. If you've never seen that, is an amazing film. It's coming out. Well, it is. On yeah, Blu-ray it came out now. on Blu-ray. And uh, you know, cosmic horror, uh, straight horror. Yeah. Um, you name it, he probably did it. And I kind of appreciate Fulci more than Argento right. for that. With that said, I do, you know, there's definitely some Argento films that I love. Yeah. Uh, and look, I own most of the Fulci classics. Right. Um, but with that in point, is or talking about that, it's like, fuck, I can't own every Fulci film right. because he's just very prolific right. during his time. That it's like you, it's hard to keep up with it. Like, even if you're a Fulci super fan, mm-hmm. you're gonna meet, probably be missing out on some titles unless right. that's all you pick up is Lucio Fulci, yeah. which would be a weird, <laughs> weird little thing. Right. But, uh, but I would like to meet that person. <laughs> but there, there's like the other thing with like you know uh, when it comes to budget. Yeah. You know this movie was very very shoestring budget. Yep. But. I mean, he's worked with less and right. didn't work out so mo- so well. You know, there's later in the career when the Italian film producers were like, look, horror's dead. Here's 10 bucks, make us a movie. Jesus. Uh, or if you have like a movie like Manhattan Baby where here's your budget and then halfway through filming, hey, hey take guess what? That number we gave you, cut it in half. God. So he, I think he was able to work with a smaller budget mm-hmm. more so than Argento was because I mean you look at Argento's later stuff again. I mean the dude, I he had budgets, right? And of course you have to adhere by them, but yeah. I don't think it was the same ilk, right? Where like Argento could be like, oh pull some strings I'll get some more money first Fulci it's like I have to do it within this budget right. I don't have any wiggle room right and that's probably the most like saddest thing to hear mm-hmm. about Fulci is that he always felt he was living in the shadow of his fellow peers right. and it's it's kind of a shame that's why like you know as much as I'm gonna say this you're probably gonna hate me <laughs> The Fulci Live slogan is has annoyed me for a long time. Really. I'm like, oh man, fucking give me Bava Lives or right, something yeah. like that. But then I, I think about it more and more, and especially during our conversation here, it's like, man, he does like kind of have this wide spectrum. It's not so narrow yeah. as horror. And granted, Bava was a similar way, but 
I, I think his work output kind of slowed down a little bit, yeah. but he was more interested in making films where, versus Argento, who had just a hard on for all horror movies, basically. I think the whole Fulci Lives thing comes from like the cult following. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He was. I, I don't know if he was as big as he was then as he is now. No, because I think. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was when he arrived right before his passing mm. at the Weekend of Horrors in New York City, and he had zero fucking clue what to expect. Right. He's just like, yeah, I'll probably send a couple things, right. but nobody else is really going to care. And before you know it, like everybody and anybody and everybody who owned a zombie shirt right, yeah. was like, oh, sign my stuff, maestro. <laughs> I don't have anything for you to sign. Will you tattoo my forehead, please? Yeah. And this was like, uh, this was, uh, what year did Fulci die? No. 90. I mean, it was later in the 90s. Or, no. No, it wasn't. It was 90. Oh, no. 96. 96. Yeah, okay. I was going to say, it's it's either mid or, or late 90s. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, it was, I want to say it was like 1995's Weekend of Horrors that right. he went to in New York City and had no fucking clue and like all these gore hounds were like following him around right. he's like holy shit yeah. and I think it really did kind of light the the most disappointing thing to hear about Fulci is when you hear about this stuff and that like Argento finally gives in and says mm-hmm. hey you know we'll, we'll make your last movie like right. let's do it together this yeah. is stupid and the fact that like all this stuff was kind of like coming up Millhouse, yeah. And then, um, and then he yeah. passed away because of his health. Yeah, because he was like having like severe health problems, preventing him from working, and yeah, um, which makes you wonder, like, okay, he probably got very heated on set, right? And it really does jive with the stories of right, like yeah. all these actors saying basically he's an asshole. <laughs> yeah, it's like he had the reputation of like you either love working with him. Yeah. Or it's just absolute hell to work with him. But. Yeah. But yeah, I remember in the the Fulci for Fake documentary, uh-huh. like just that whole thing where I believe it was his daughter talking about how excited he was for Wax Mask. Yeah. And how like everything's just, you know, coming coming together. He's getting this popularity now and it's just like he can finally do what he loves and then just passes away and I'm like that hit hard <laughs> well yeah of course it hits hard because yeah. it's like you know Argento's Argento's career has been interesting because you have just this chunk of time where he's just knocking out these movies right. that I absolutely love I mean I love Phenomena I know yeah. a lot of people were thrown off by that when it came out which, I really enjoy it. Yeah, it's yeah. also known as Creepers. I get it. And that's how I saw it, was Creepers. Because so I'm like, what the fuck is this? This looks cool. But yes, yeah, Suspiria, Tenebrae. Yeah, I mean, the guy came up with some banners for a short period of time. Yeah. Uh, now, what happened with the wax mask, coincidentally, um, was it was directed by... Oh, do you know? Do you know? Here's a pop quiz. Oh, I just saw this this morning. You, you just said his name earlier today. Oh, I did. Sergio Stivaletti. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So the fact that, you know, Fulci's DP kind of comes in. Right. And, and 
finishes the project mm. is also just kind of this nice thing yeah. to kind of be proud of. I, I know kind the movie's the movie's kind of eh, yeah it, seems, it, seems poetic though. Like, yeah, it, it feels fitting. Yeah, right. Like I would know what he would want. Right, kind of thing. But Argento definitely has like his peak, mm-hmm. and then it just kind of winds down. And yeah, sure, I know he's got a new movie out. I still haven't right. watched it. I hear it's fine. Um, Bava, you know, I think Bava has always kind of strived himself as a working man's director. Mm-hmm. Whereas Fulci, I feel like he was kind of in between. He loved working and he wasn't just limited to horror, right. but that's really what he's known for and probably talked about yeah. the most. But also, he loved making films. Mm-hmm. Now, he wasn't very kind with his actors, but <laughs> the fact that, like, in a weird way, you I, I feel like sometimes you do get like the surrealistic quality with um with Fulci films where right. like you do feel a little disconnected from the actors. And it makes me wonder if you do feel that because like he wasn't gonna fucking walk them through and like baby them. Right. <laughs> it from all accounts I like heard, it seems like he was just a no nonsense, let's you're paid to do this. Let's do this. Yeah, let's do it. I I don't want to. I don't fucking ask me how to do it. I don't have time for your. You know. Yeah, I expect your- <laughs> you to show up on call, on time. Show up on set. Let's film it. Get the fuck out. I don't have time for your prima donna bullshit. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I know the girl that was uh, cast as Susan. Yeah, they did not. They didn't get along. Get along at all. Because, no. like I said before, if he felt that you got your role based on your looks, he's not going to treat you well at all because right. you're clearly not qualified for the job. She was hired specifically for the shark zombie scene. Yeah. Like, okay, you can swim, right? Yes, sure. Cool, great. They get on set. Okay, put on your bikini bottom and shower cap because I guess that's what you do back in the 70s when you scuba dive. Sure. She nearly drowns. Yeah, yeah. Well, she can't swim. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine getting a job for something you are not good at? Right. <laughs> Cannot do? <laughs> Did anyone tell you you're going to be encountering a shark during right? this? <laughs> and you can't swim. You can't swim. <laughs> cool. Shark bait. Got Neat. it. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I think zombie is uh, essential horror viewing mm-hmm. especially for just zombie films in general right. and like i said i think one of the biggest strengths of the film is that it feels completely different than the other zombie films that are out there i think one of the predecessors that's even close to it i think is like hammer's um plague of the zombies oh fuck i have never seen that actually fantastic movie really? it was pre romero okay but you do have like the rotting yeah, yeah. I looks kinda, to it. I kind of remember either the VHS cover. Or, uh, I know right. what you're talking but about, but they're still, you know, controlled by the the zombie master, and right. there's a little bit of undertones of criticizing um, imperialism and stuff. But. I should probably like watch that. <laughs> right, it, it's it's one of like the better underestimated Hammer films. Okay, um, I watch it anytime. There's the whole Hammer film week. Right, I'm putting that in. I'm watching that. That's a good idea. Curse of the Werewolf also is number. Is it, wait, who's in Curse of the Werewolf? Um, Oliver Reed? No. Oliver Reed, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's their sole werewolf movie. I because, dig that movie. Yeah. I dig it a lot. Can you? That I movie, don't think I own it. And now I'm. That movie absolutely bombed. 
and that's why they never which is a shame because yeah. i really i mean that granted, i have i have not seen the movie in a while but yeah. i really thought oliver reed fit like of course he's a fucking werewolf that makes so much goddamn sense <laughs> even out of makeup he looks like a fucking right. werewolf <laughs> i would love yeah i'm definitely going to add that to my list right. uh, but yeah plague of the zombies is i mean atmospheric i mean it's it's hammer horror of course it's atmospheric sure sure but it is just a gritty yet beautiful movie and i think it has more in common with that than it does dawn of the dead okay so cool. another, another one of those reasons why i get annoyed when people's like well you know it was zombie 2 because it's a it's a dawn of the dead ripoff right i'm like a cash in sure <laughs> don't call it a ripoff don't you because if you call it a ripoff, I'll stab you in the fucking eye. Because <laughs> that's what my boy Fultz, you would have wanted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool, man. All right. Well, uh, yeah. Any closing thoughts? Um, I got a few recommendations if you Let's enjoy do this it. movie. Let's do it. Um, one of my favorites is Let Sleeping Corpses Lie. Fuck yes. Uh, from also known as? Uh, Living Dead at the Manchester Morgue. Yeah. Uh, that was done by Makeup Effects were done by uh de Rossi, yep you know who is also in you know zombie yeah yeah no big uh, deal no big deal um he was tasked with um copy night of living dead as much as you could and he's like you yeah, know fuck that you know i'm gonna give them what they want but mm-hmm. just a little bit extra spice yeah well that's that's a good movie um cannibal apocalypse oh wow okay um, it's the exact that John Saxon one. Yes, it's yeah. the exact opposite of zombie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the fact that, uh, in the sense that, um, it starts in the jungle. Yep. And makes its way into the city. Yep. Uh, that was directed by Antonio, Antonio Magritte. <laughs> uh, another one is a uh, zombie holocaust. Yes, the shirt. Yes. Um, that is definitely feels like a weird companion piece. Right. That is definitely like a weird tonal movie. Uh-huh. Uh, a weird movie tonally. Because it it's not exactly sure if it wants to be a cannibal film or a zombie film. Yeah. But they were both hot at the same time, so go ahead and just mash them no, up. Mash them up. <laughs> Fuck it. Why not? And it's also got Ian McCulloch in it. Right. And that was directed by Gorlami. Oh, cool. <laughs> Gorlami. Uh, was it uh, Mariano Gorlami? No. Uh, is it? Is it? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. Enzo Gorlami is the... Uh, the like actual name of Enzo Casolari, isn't it? Ooh, <laughs> shit! Now I'm getting confused. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, Zombie Holocaust is also known as Doctor Butcher, Butcher MD, which is such a fucking rad title. So, <laughs> and that's also got a, like a really cool gore gag involving uh-huh. a zombie head and a trolling motor from a boat. So good, so good. Uh, another one I like is Nightmare City. Yep, that was directed by Umberto Lindsay, which he would argue was not a zombie film. Yeah, fine. But infected? Does he just say that? Is he that guy? Yeah, he's like, ah, they were infected, you know, like 28 days later. Like, within the Romero framework. (laughs) I like how you said it. You're like, ah, they're infected. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I watched the the, uh, interview with him where he was talking about it, and that's how he was like. Okay. Um, So, within the, like, the Romero framework, okay, they're not zombies, but with with the, the framework of zombies as a whole... Yeah, you know, of the whole like you're not in control of yourself anymore. You're, right, you know, whatever. Um, very violent zombie flag. It's good. Um, the first instance of running, running zombies. Yeah, I'm sorry, yeah. Return of the Living Dead. But, uh, well, no, I mean it's yeah. It's, 
came out before that. Right. So, um, Burial Ground, <sighs> which you've shown. So great. It's as violent and gory as it is bizarre. Uh, yeah, I would actually <laughs> say it's probably more bizarre. Probably more bizarre, yeah. <laughs> um, if you want an actual Italian ripoff of Dawn of the Dead. There we go. This actually rips off both Dawn of the Dead and Zombie, I would argue. It's okay. uh, Hell of the Living Dead. Oh, yep, 100%. <laughs> by, by our boys, Vincent <laughs> Dawn <laughs> and Claudio Fergasso. Bruno Mattei and Claudio Fergasso. Oh, Jesus. And uh, might as well throw in Zombie 3 while you're at it. Yeah. Because there's like a weird kind of story Which Zombie uh, Zombie 3 was partially directed by Fulci. Right. I was I don't see a lot of Fulci in it. No. No. It, 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 that's a tough thing is like I think there was technically like three or four directors right. behind it. And yeah, Fulci started it and then said fuck that. <laughs> yeah, there's uh conflicting reports whether he quit for health reasons or right. quit because fuck this script. <laughs> Which, quite honestly, uh, fuck that uh, script. <laughs> but it's still like just a zany, it's still a fun movie, weird fun movie. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely probably uh, Bruno Mattei's and Claudio Fragazzo's best collaboration together. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, the whole spoilers, <laughs> zombie head in the refrigerator, classic. Classic. <laughs> That's all you need to know, really. Cool. All right. Zombie, hope you enjoyed it at Late Night Grindhouse. Hope you enjoyed us talking about it. Roger, where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram at Roger Van Gool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you can find me as Treefy, T-R-I-E-F-Y, on Twitter, Instagram, uh, any social media. That's where you can find me. Yes, don't forget, this Friday is Horror Trivia Night, October 21st. It's on a Friday. I don't want to fucking hear it. Oh, you do it on Thursday. I got work the next day. Look, I have that excuse. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but you also live like more than an hour away. So (laughs) it's kind of okay. Um, But yeah, no, it's this Friday. Tickets are 10 bucks per team, up to five players per team. That's two bucks a person if you cap out. We'll have prizes. Uh, you get 100 points if your team dresses up in costume. So please dress up in costume. It's fucking Halloween. Let's do it. And then also, yeah, uh, again, start working on your breath control. That's all I'm going to say. If you went to last year's Horror Trivia Night, it's what we did last year, too. Does that make sense? Do you know what we did last year? I don't remember. Last okay, week. I'll tell you later. <laughs> <laughs> uh, our next movie for Late Night Grindhouse is November eighteenth, nineteenth. Is Lucio Fulci's The Beyond, the composer's cut. Again, this is a new score that Fabio Fritzi kind of came up with. From what I have heard, some of the melodies are similar, maybe the same as the old one, but it it's also completely different. It's kind of more of a band score, from what I hear. But anyway, I don't know. I don't know shit. I haven't seen it. So I'm going to watch it with everybody else when we play it on the 18th and 19th of November. Tickets are 10 bucks for that. Uh, hopefully they'll be online by now. Oh, God, I hope so. Anyway. Uh, all right. And you can follow us on Twitter at DTB Horror as a collective on Instagram at Destroy the Brain. And on Facebook at facebook.com slash destroy the brain. Thank you very much. Next Monday is our big Halloween episode where we talk about the legend of Mothman and we have an interview. 
with the screenwriter of the Mothman prophecies plugged in there but you got to listen to the whole episode to get it so uh thank you guys very much happy halloween and we'll say this on every october episode because <laughs> it's a month long you know it's a month long celebration oh, for sure. <laughs> anyway thank you very much and we'll see you next time